It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Recording started.
song i love it and it's so for us the people of yah hallelujah uh we're going to get started by turning to turning our bibles to the old testament book of leviticus chapter 23 and i want to read uh verses 33 through 44 for you to you tonight um as we uh pick up from the last feast observance of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, uh, that feast of repentance, which ended uh, with verse 32. We're going to start with verse 33. Because I'm showing you how all of this is coming together. And I, I'm excited about uh, Feast of Tabernacles because I've got so much to share with you this evening. And Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 through 44, uh, from the King James Version says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles, for seven days unto the Lord. 
on the first day shall be in holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Hallelujah. 36, seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an uh, offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall do no servile work. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything upon this day, besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and besides all your vows, and besides your free will offerings, which you will give unto the Lord. Also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take uh, you, you shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm leaves, and the boughs of thick trees and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you shall keep it as a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared, unto the children of Israel, the feasts of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let the word of Yah be the final word. Hallelujah. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearer and the reader of his spoken word today. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, we come to you today, Lord God. Oh, with our ears and our eyes open, dear Heavenly Father, to hear and to see what you have to say to us tonight, Lord God. To reveal and to reveal, unveil, Lord God, to your people tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that we live to see this fall feast, Lord God, this final fall feast of this year, Lord God, that you gave us the opportunity, Lord God, to celebrate, to watch, and to, to look toward the skies, Lord God, for your son to crack the sky. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the word of truth that we shall hear tonight. Let it be a seed, Lord God, dropped into good ground, Lord God. Hallelujah. Give the apostles, the watchmen, Lord God, the word, dear Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, that we will break uh, revelational yokes, hallelujah, that have kept us bound, dear Heavenly Father, not to hear, Lord God, not to see, not to be clear, Lord God, on your truths regarding your peace, Lord God. Open our eyes, Lord God. Open our ears, Lord God. Open our spiritual hearts, hallelujah, that we may hear, Lord God, and obey your word, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Let us come to you tonight, Lord God, with our arms open wide to heaven and Father and worship. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Nothing, 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 nothing. Withholding nothing, Lord God, tonight. As warriors, Lord God, as worshipers, Lord God. Hallelujah. Teach us, the Heavenly Father, how to pray. Hallelujah. Teach us, Lord God, how to obey your word. Teach us, Lord God. The things that we need to know, dear Heavenly Father, to make it into the kingdom. Oh, Lord God, give us, Lord God. Let us be able to, Lord God, receive that seal of covenant, Lord God, that guarantees our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Let us surrender to you tonight, Lord God. All that we are, all that we have, Lord God, withholding nothing, Lord God. That we come as a burnt offering to you tonight, Lord God. Teach us your ways, hallelujah. Teach us your will, Lord God. Oh, that we withhold nothing tonight, Lord God. That we can become intimate with you in covenant, sealed, hallelujah. On this night. Oh, we thank you for your word today, dear Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. May it fill us, dear Heavenly Father, until it pours out of us. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yeshua. Yeshua. In the name of your son, Yahushua, Hamashiach, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You can't listen to him and just listen. You got to go in when you're worshiping with him. You got to go into the Father, into his presence. Hallelujah. Oh, we got to learn how to spend time with him. We got to learn how to spend time with him. Hallelujah. But we can't do it tonight. Hallelujah. I'm just going to let him play in the background for me. Hallelujah. Glory to Yah. I digress. Let me get on with the message tonight because we got a lot to talk about. And um, uh, if you recall in the introduction of the teleconference on the Feast of Yom Kippur, I told you that the Feast of the Lord uh, also called his Moedims. They're called feasts, Moedims, Moeds, festivals, holy ordinances. Uh, convocations. That's the name. So when you hear those terms, this is what you're talking about. You're talking about the feasts of the Lord. So they're all observed differently. And we talked about this last week, each being individually, individual and uh, observed in the manner commanded by the most high. He gives the rules. We follow the rules. We do what we're told because he's the most high. So in some cases, you fast, uh, and some you don't. Some you eat particular foods like honey and fruit. Uh, we do that with the uh, Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, hallelujah. Well, this particular feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also called the Feast of Booths, uh, the Festival of Booths, because we hear uh, uh, in that scripture that we that we open up with tonight, he called it, you're going to be in booths. It's called booths. It's called a tabernacle. It's called a booth. Hallelujah. So uh, in this particular feast, the Feast of Tabernacles is a celebration feast. I remind you that when you're preparing a fast for your members, that you keep in mind y'all's calendar, those 364 days of the season in which the fast you have chosen fits with the recommendations that the Most High has set already regarding his commanded fast. In case your fast comes within the spring or the fall feast, you don't put your people in an impossible situation of not joining you in your fast because we have to obey the most high regarding that particular feast day. Make sure the fast you have chosen is truly called by the most high himself. So you, if you know me, you know I'm a prayer warrior. So, so war... I, I, I'm basically praying all day long. I'm praying. If I'm not resting, I'm praying. And if I'm in my garden, I'm praying. If I'm, if I'm, when I get up in the morning, I'm praying. I'm praying before I go to bed at night. I go to bed to prayer in my ear. Hallelujah. So, so I have an understanding of prayer because that's one of my creative purposes is prayer. So. I just want you to know. So if I know about prayer, then I also know about fasting. And so, you know, I have books on prayer and fasting. So um, if you want to know anything about what I know, pick up one of my books from my um, uh, website. So remember, we don't call fast. We don't call the fast. The most high prompts fast. He'll, he'll encourage you. Uh, this is a time for you to go into a fast. Even when you go into one of those quick three-day fasts, you're not going in because you thought of it. 
You're going into that fast because he has prompted you in your spirit. Raul Kakadash has given you a little nudge. If you want to get closer in with me, you need to draw into a fast. So he prompts us into his fast. And he prompts, his prompts are never off calendar. He's never going to tell you to fast on a day that you're not supposed to be fasting. That prompt will never come from him. So be careful when you are uh, leading as a leader, when you are uh, pushing a fast to make sure that it is, it is in line with what the season, the seasons. And if you are uh, having Ishaka anointing, you know the season. Hallelujah. So in this fall event, as we close with this final Feast of Tabernacles, first we allude. We consecrated ourselves and we repented those 30 days. Then we began a watch for the return of our bridegroom in the Feast of Trumpets. We started the watch, hallelujah, with that Feast of Trumpets, that sounding of the shofar 100 times a day by the watchman that continues through. We continue to listen to that sound of those trumpets 100 times a day for 10 days. And that was called the days, 10 days of awe. A-W-E, which led us into the holiest day of remembrance as we memorialized that day that Moses came down off that Mount Sinai, hallelujah, in introspect and went back up to repent to the Most High for the idolatrous and the adulterous lifestyle that the Israelites had been living while he was communing with the Most High on top of that mountain which became the memorial that led us to the sacrificial death of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach, up on Mount Calvary. Hallelujah. And now, how presently we are released into full worship, celebration, and rejoicing as we observe the Feast of Tabernacles, Booths, and Sukkot. And he tells us not only that we can celebrate, but he tells us how we are to celebrate. He tells how we are to rejoice. And he tells us how we are to worship. Hallelujah. And Leviticus is such a, um, uh, what, what do you want to call it? It's, it's such a strict book. It's got rules and regulations all the way through it. You can't do this. You got to do this. You got to do this this way and that way. But as you began to read Leviticus, like I told you last week, as I am over these four or five years that I have learned feasts, that I'm learning the feasts, that I'm understanding, I'm drawing more and more into understanding of the feasts that I can turn back and I can explain it to you now. So I had so many questions in the beginning. Some of those podcasts that are out there, they leave holes because I, there was so much I didn't know. But now there's still things that I need to know. There's some things I'm leaving out of this one because I haven't kind of gotten everything, but I've gotten the gist of it. I've gotten a lot of it, but it's always a rhema revelation when you start begin to add to it. So right now, for this Feast of Tabernacles, Booths and Sukkot, hallelujah, we're supposed to be having a 24-hour outdoor camping party. 
Hallelujah. That's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be out in our tents right now, sleeping outside in tents, celebrating with our communities. That's called Shabbat. And that's when he's talking to the Israelites, telling them, uh, whoever's in your camp at that time, they got to celebrate with you. They get to eat with you. They get to rejoice with you. But they also need to be worshiping with you as well. As we look up into the night skies with great anticipation awaiting the return of our bridegroom. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be in great anticipation of, of uh, his return. Hallelujah. Because there has just been a harvest. Listen very carefully. So we know we're in the right season because fall is a season for harvest. So this is happening after the harvest and you can associate the harvest to that end time harvest. See, that's the time that you're supposed to be looking up for his return because it's about to be some harvesting going on. Hallelujah. According to Deuteronomy chapter 16, 13 through 15. And Deuteronomy is that book of the Torah, which is read during the Feast of Tabernacles on the night of the seventh day. So as a as the sun is going down on that seventh day, it's excuse me, it's turning into the eighth day of assembly. That's what's supposed to be keeping you up at night because they say you stay up all night. It's a party. Hallelujah. And when the party is ending, people are staying up all night until the morning. And then they all sleepy and they want to go home and go to sleep. That's the way you party. Don't you remember? When you think they learned how to party. Hallelujah. This is a celebration. And the Most High wants you to celebrate for real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 16, chapter 16, verses 13 through 17, it says, Thou shalt observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. After that, thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. Hallelujah. And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are within thy gate. Even the Levites are invited to the party. Hallelujah. Seven days shall thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hand. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Hallelujah. Do you see there? There's a blessing in this for you. Hallelujah. In this very ending, it says in all thine increase in all the works of thine hand, that's increase and productivity. Hallelujah. You ought to be praising God right now. You ought to be praising the most high right now. He said, hallelujah. He ain't asking for nothing, but for you to celebrate this occasion. Hallelujah. Because as you're looking up at the sky, any minute, you could be seeing Yahushua HaMashiach crack the sky. Hallelujah. And then he promptly transitions, hallelujah, to how we come to him during certain feasts. So he, he goes into verse 16, that was 15, where he says, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be increased. So with, with blessing and increase, you also give. You give at, at particular times. So he said, there are Three feasts in particular in which he warns us not to come empty handed. Hallelujah. And we saw one of those feasts last last week. 
That was Yom Kippur. Hallelujah. Three times in a year, verse 16, shall all the males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. Uh, in the feast of unleavened bread, that's Passover, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, Yom Kippur. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able. So as the Father has blessed you, that's what you're supposed to come with. You're supposed to come with an equivalent factor of what he has blessed you with. According to the blessing of the Lord, thy God, which he hath given thee. Bless him indeed. Hallelujah. That's why I tell people on my podcast to give what you can, even if it's only a dollar, because you can't come empty handed, first of all. And if you want blessings, you got to give something. Hallelujah. I've seen the immediate results of obeying this commandment or order from the most high as those who have given into this ministry have received instant results, benefits, and blessings. Just last week, for an example, I can't give somebody else's testimony today. One day she'll give it. Hallelujah. But she was blessed indeed. Hallelujah. I think she she gave what she had. She gave what she could and immediately turned out, received a job, received a, 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 a signing bonus, received a, a great benefits. Hallelujah. Better than she's ever had. Hallelujah. So on last week on Yom Kippur, we fasted. We couldn't eat or drink, not even water. We couldn't take a shower. We couldn't be intimate with our spouses or wear leather shoes for 24 hours. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast on October 7th on Yom Kippur entitled The Days of Return. Hallelujah. Right here in the same 145391 uh, teleconference ID. Uh, so this whole week of Feast of Tabernacles, we can now dance and rejoice, eat and be merry. Hallelujah. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. This is day three of Feast of Tabernacles. Hallelujah. So you wonder, are we during this time of feasting intimating the feast of the bridegroom is that the purpose of all this celebration remember we talked about the feast of, of the bridegroom uh when we were into elul when we were discussing elul so you can go back and uh i can't remember the title of that one is this uh is this a? oh what is the name of that is this a dress rehearsal Go back and listen to that one. Hallelujah. Uh, so is it intimating the feast of the bridegroom, that dinner that the father invited all the so-called righteous to attend, according to Matthew 22, 2 through 10, and they wouldn't come. They couldn't. They, he told them, go out and invite. Oh, let me read it for you. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22, verses 2 through 10. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Hmm. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Hallelujah. But they made light of it. What happened? 
They made light of it, thought it wasn't important, uh, pushed it aside, had other things to do, and went their way. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. One went to work, one went, well, well they both went to work. One worked on a farm and work, one worked in a factory or, or whatever else, or the store. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. That's verse 6. And when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Now, I told you about the harvest, right? I told you this is right after the harvest. What's going on? People were invited to the, to the dinner and they didn't come. So the king sent what? His army and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Hallelujah. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Huh. Remember when we talked about the 10 virgins and five were, he never knew them. They weren't worthy. Hallelujah. They took it lightly. Hallelujah. Go, and they didn't get the oil. They didn't get the extra that they needed to have on hand. Hallelujah. So number nine, verse nine, it says, go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. Hallelujah. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Hallelujah. Jew and Gentile. Hallelujah. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Hallelujah. This day truly is likened unto the end time harvest, the end time that's prophesied yet to come. This is why we were sent out to preach the gospel of Yahuwah Hamashiach, to be it all to come, to be a part of the final wedding feasts of the bridegroom. But as Matthew chapter 22 warns us, not many are going to heed that call as in the days of Noah and of Lot. So let me ask you this, if you think it's not so, how many have you found truly righteous? Hallelujah. This is a hard day, and I'm telling you, I see a lot of leaders ready to give up even talking, even counseling, because people aren't listening anymore. People don't care anymore. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22 and 7 is telling us that there will come a time during the time of harvest that the Most High will be angered because verse 6 says that some of those who attempted to share his invitation to the wedding feast were mistreated and killed. Recompense is coming. His army is coming and he's going to get those that have mistreated his people. Wait and see. I've been telling you it was going to happen. Remember, some of these prophecies have been fulfilled, yet there are still some that we are to continue to rehearse until these prophecies manifest. Now, we know of those that have manifested over the years, but we know that the, the first Advent Feast of Passover, a memorial to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, and the 50 days following called the Feast of Pentecost, the infilling and the immersion of the Ruach HaKadosh, they've already been fulfilled. They were filled, they were fulfilled during the feast, correct? During the feast. Those are spring feasts. And we just learned from our last message that Yom Kippur has been fulfilled. That's fall feast. Hallelujah. Rosh Hashanah, that's a, that, that trump has already started sounding. 
See, I've told you a few times already that trumpets are sounding and seals are opening. Because you're not paying attention don't mean God's word is not being performed. Because you aren't ready for it doesn't mean, mean that uh, things are not about to be fulfilled. Prophecies are not about to be fulfilled. For we know we've been atoned for our sins by the sacrificial blood of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua Hamashiach, who the Lord was pleased to receive as an offering according to Isaiah 53 and 10. Let's read, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That's Isaiah 53, 10, which follows 53, 4, 5. We always quote him. We'll probably quote that again tonight too. However, as we continue to repeat, repent daily, dying to self, dying to our own lust. Now, as we celebrate in this present feast, we must also continue to rehearse the celebration from our tents, our tabernacles, our booths, through which we look to the sky, through the palm leaves and the branches on the roof of our tents, through the roof of our tents, symbolic of that Palm Sunday that Yahushua came into the city on that donkey, which some say is a story that never happened, awaiting the return of our Lord and Savior, our Mishiach, Yahushua Hamasik, who is to return for his bride. Symbolic also, as the Most High claims, that those palm leaves reflected of that tabernacle in which we rest over these seven days are a reminder that his people slept in tents and tabernacles as they were transitioning from Egypt to the promised land. Those 40 years, that's how they waited. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 29, 12 through 40 is our guide as to what to do in these seven days of waiting uh, of this feast into that eighth day that seals us in covenant. Oh, I'm so excited to get to that eighth day. You're required to bring a type of offering every day. So on that first day, Numbers 12 and 12 tells us, and on the 15th day, that's the first day of the, the feast, on the 15th day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work, and you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. And you shall offer a burnt offering, a sacrifice made by fire. Now, this we are still in that first day. Monday was the first day. The first day does not end until sundown. This, uh, and, and going into the second day. So we're still in the first day. So we're having a holy convocation right now. We're coming together and we're worshiping and we're praising and we're celebrating. Hallelujah. So, and you shall offer a burnt offering, a sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. 13 young bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year. They shall be without blemish. And their meat offering shall be a four mingled with oil, three tenths, 
deals unto every bullock of the 13 bullocks, two tenth deals to each ram of the two rams, and a several tenth deal to each lamb of the 14th lamb, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offering, his meat offering, and his drink offering, besides those. So, before we get into this feast, let us first lay out these offerings so that you can better understand what they mean in the context of the feast days. You see, this is one of the things that kept me from understanding the purpose of the different offerings for the feast. And there would be any of them. That, that, that would be any of them. Any of the feasts, any of the offerings. I didn't understand them uh, because I could not understand or connect the relevancy of the sacrifices to today. How do we bring lambs and bulls and all of that as an offering? Since we are not, we're not all farmers and don't use livestock as proxy, neither do we sacrifice animals in this day and age. So I, like you may have, had a problem making the connection until I ran into Leviticus chapter one. Now, how do you run into the first chapter? Hallelujah. I can say I've read the Old Testament book of Leviticus quite a few times without stopping to ask questions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sounded like. Hallelujah. I guess I guess I didn't. I just thought I heard someone come in. Let me see. No. Okay. Forgive me. So our problem most times, how do you run into the first chapter of, <laughs> of a book? Well, after you've been you've read this book over and over again, how do you run into chapter one? Our problem most times is that we run past what we think are insignificant words or phrases and we keep running. We don't stop and look them up. We don't investigate them or do our own research until the Ruach Haggadah stops us and asks us what this or that means. Then we have to do our own research by allowing him to take us where he wants to lead us into this truth. Because remember last week I told you, uh, you can go into these feasts three and four different kind of ways and end up at the same place. But you've learned something different in each way. So allow him to take you the way that he wants you to find a particular truth that he wants you to see right now. So so that there are uh, so so we have to be. What is that word? We, we, we have to be flexible. We have to, instead of going where we want to go in that book, we have to go where he keeps showing up. And I, and I had to go where, where he kept saying offering, offering. And then I, I was able to see what, the truth that he wanted me to see. So we, there are four types of offerings that I want to address tonight. And I'm going to tell you, this might have to be a two-part message. I hope it's not. Um, that's why I started the way I started. I started a few minutes early and I went right in because I wanted uh, to get this whole message in so that I don't have to repeat anything on the, the eighth day next week. And I believe the eighth day is uh, begins Monday evening. So we would have another um, uh, 
if we had to do a part two, it would be next Tuesday around this same time. But I'm hoping I don't have to do that because this is a connected message and it, it, it should all come together. The Feast of Tabernacles and the eighth day. Hallelujah. Shemini Atzeret. Hallelujah. So, uh, four types of offering. Burnt offering, meat offering, drink offering, and sin offering. There's also the grain offering and the peace offering uh, mentioned also in the book of Leviticus uh, in the same area where I was searching. But I wanted to know more about the burnt offering, the meat offering, and the drink offering, uh, and the sin offering, since they are the ones that are emphasized in Leviticus 23 in the area we're looking for the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. Uh, Yes, Feast of Tabernacles. So as we just read, on this first day, we see we are going to bring an offering made by fire, a burnt offering. So as we go into Leviticus chapter 1 to get a lesson on these sacrifices, we specifically find that the animals used are bullocks, rams, and lambs. These were all males because taking the male would not impact the herd since it only takes one male to build the herd. So if you had to use three or four males, that's fine because you still have a few more males to impregnate the females. The poor were allowed to bring turtle doves or pigeons. That's my understanding. So it didn't matter whether you were rich, poor, or in between middle class, you were required to bring an offering. You can't come empty-handed ever on a feast day. A male without blemish was of great value to the worshiper. Uh, it would have been prime breeding stock and was a potential source of wool and meat or of money if it were sold. So the bull usually belonged to those wealthier herbsmen. Not many uh, middle class or low class owned a bull. So, but to offer any of them on the altar, was a great sacrifice for them all. You're giving up your best. You're giving up the best that you have. Remember sometimes when, when the Lord blesses you and gives you a gift and it's something you always wanted. It was something, oh, I, I, I remember. I had been waiting for a Bible. And uh, this was in the, the 90s, might've been the 80s. I was waiting for a Bible. And I went by my post office and I picked that Bible up. I opened it in my car and it was a side-by-side. -side. It had the, the one translation on one side and another translation on the other. And um, I had been waiting for that Bible. As soon as I got that Bible, God told me who to give it to. <laughs> it was his best. It was his best that he could have given me. And it was already for somebody else. And I gave it. I gave it to her. It just so happens I was going by her house. I was on my way to her house uh, after I went to the post office, but it wasn't to give her my Bible. <laughs> but uh, he had me give that Bible. Sometimes the father will bless you because he knows he can. He can trust you. And so he blesses you. So you are to give the best. So he blessed you with the best bull. 
the best lamb. He, he blessed you. And then so you're supposed to take that best and give it to him. Kill it and give it to him. Take that blood and sprinkle it and pour it on the altar. Do what you had to do. So as I read in Leviticus chapter 1, 1 through 9, verses 1 through 9, regarding the, that burnt offering, which symbolizes worship, that's what I learned. This worship is done before the Lord for the purpose of repentance to make atonement. Hallelujah. Burnt offering symbolize this worship. And see, the burnt offering was the only offering entirely consumed on the altar. Hallelujah. It foreshadows the total sacrifice of our Meshach on that tree on Calvary. It also symbolizes that the worshiper must hold nothing in reserve. Hallelujah. Ergo, consumed by fire. Hallelujah. It's consumed. When coming to the Most High, everything is consumed in the relationship between the Most High and the worshiper. That's why I emphasize how that minister of music, William McDowell, worshiped with his whole body and his ruach, repenting and remaining. Hallelujah. There's a song he sings called Stay. He, he wants to stay. He's there in the presence of the Father of the Most High, and he wants to stay. He don't want to go. Hallelujah. Withholding nothing because he's come to that place in him as he worshiped. That he gave it all. I'll give my all to you. Oh, we're going to hear that song again tonight. So he repents and he remains for relationship. Leaving that sweet smelling aroma or fragrance on the altar. Hallelujah. Repentance and reconciliation must come from genuine fellowship. You got to get there. You got to, oh, confess. You got to repent. Hallelujah. And then you can move into worship. Don't bring your, your blemishes into worship. Ergo, the terminology without blemish. Sin has been blotted out. That's why the blood was required. See, I'm trying to give you a, Father wants you to have an understanding tonight. Hallelujah. He wants you to understand these feasts. And why it was important for you to bring these things, because they're symbolic of something. All these memorials are symbols of something that will actually happen. The blood of the bull was replaced, and, and the lamb was replaced with Yahushua Habashik, his blood. It became real. Those were rehearsals. This is real. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have, but what it was symbolic was, was our true worship. So we got to bring our worship. We got to repent, and we got to worship. Hallelujah. That blood blots out that sin. Hallelujah. The worshiper in those days would bring his or her own offering and place his or her own hand on the animal's head. You can't do it for someone else and nobody else can do it for you. 
Nobody can accept the Messiah on your behalf and you can't accept the Messiah for anyone else, no matter how much or how badly you want them to know him. I tell my daughter, I say, and you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You don't know his heart. And the word says that the most high receives our offerings as desirable or pleasing. Desirable, a sweet smelling aroma. And he says our prayers come up to him like incense in his nostrils. Hallelujah. A sweet smelling aroma or pleasing as we read in Isaiah 53 and 10 when he was talking about his son. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when they shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see a seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad he gave me the opportunity to share this with you tonight. Hallelujah. On this final feast of this fall, 5782. Because you know I don't call it 5783. Hallelujah. So as we continue with Numbers 29, let's talk about the second day. Hey, that was just the first day. Ah! Oh, Lord. First day of worship. Hallelujah. That burnt offering. On that second day, we shall offer 12 young bullocks, two rams, 14 lambs of the first year without spot. Hallelujah. And their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one kid of the goats for a sin offering. Besides the continual burnt offering and the meat offering thereof and their drink offering, excuse me. The sin offering, remember that goat? That sin offering, as I taught on the Passover, is symbolic of the scapegoat. As we talked about the, the uh, um, uh, Exodus, that way in of the sin of Barabbas with the sinless life of Yeshua. Yet he was sentenced to death to be crucified on that tree. And Barabbas was released, released on his own recognizance. <laughs> That continual burnt offering refers to that smoke that came out of that tabernacle that was positioned in the center of those 12 tribes, a continual sacrifice. The smoke was always coming up. That fire had to be stoked daily by the priests. According to Leviticus chapter 4, verses 3 through 12, once that animal was killed, the anointed priest would bring to the tabernacle of meeting the fat and the kidneys to be burnt on the altar. The meat offering and the blood of the lamb, the blood of the bull or the lamb was sprinkled and the remaining blood was poured on the base of the altar as the sin offering. Our blood offering was made by our Meshach on Calvary. Hallelujah. Don't you just want to jump up and shout? As we continue with Numbers 29, let's talk about that third day and on. Hallelujah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna interrupt. 
And the third day, 11 bullocks, two rams, 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. And their meat offering, their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one gold a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering and his meat offering and his drink offering. 23. And on the fourth day, 10 bullocks, two rams, 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. None of us were, were worthy. None of us were without blemish. The Most High had to give them those bulls and rams and lambs without blemish. Perfect. He had to give us Yahushua. Our Mishak without blemish. 24. Their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. 25. And one kid of the goats for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offering, his meat offering, and his drink offering. 26. And on the fifth day, nine bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year without spot. 27, and their meat offering and their drink offering for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering, besides the continual burn every day. For those seven days, offerings had to be made. The sixth day, eight bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs without blemish. And their meat offering and their drink offerings for the books, for the rams, for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. What's their, what are they for? The kidneys. All that's put on the, on the, on the fire. As an offering. And on the seventh day, seven bullocks, two rams, and 14 lambs of the first year without blemish. I said, you, they had to have a lot of animals. Hallelujah. To be able to sacrifice all those animals for seven days straight. And their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to the number and the manner. And 34. And, every, and one goat for a sin offering. Always that scapegoat. Besides the continual burnt offering, his meat offering, and his drink offering. Every day of this feast is a solemn memorial, reminding us of what our Yeshua endured on our behalf, his sacrifice to be our substitute. And there we go, Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, 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 he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded, it goes on to say, for our transgressions. <laughs> he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Oh, not just healed, we are redeemed. Yet, so, therefore, it's a celebration. Because it's a celebration 
from Yom Kippur to the Feast of Tabernacles to the eighth day. Because we see that the book of Numbers, chapter 29, continues with an eighth day. Now, seven days we're supposed to be celebrating Feast of Tabernacles. But there's an eighth day. Hallelujah. And do you know it's been an hour, but we're going to go over. Because I want to get this eighth day in there for you to understand and be able to rejoice and celebrate with me, knowing what I know right now. Verse 35, on the eighth day, we shall have a solemn assembly. We shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer a burnt offering. Now, what is a burnt offering? Worship, withholding nothing, hallelujah, consumed by fire, hallelujah, a sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord, one bullock, one ram, seven lambs of the first year without blemish. Their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullock, for the ram, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering and his meat offering and his drink offering. These things shall do, shall ye do unto the Lord in your set feast, besides your vows and your freewill offerings, for your burnt offerings and for your meat offerings and for your drink offerings and for your peace offerings. There's that peace offering. And Moses told the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had commanded, commanded Moses. Hallelujah. This came from the Most High himself. Moses didn't make this up. He didn't make the rules. The rules weren't his. The rules came by the Most High through Moses. As you know, over the years, I've had to do some extensive, in-depth research on these feasts so that I could put it together, so I could fill the gaps, so I could have an understanding, be clear on the matter. And so I'm on a mailing list with the Messianic Bible. And that's in Pueblo, Colorado. Hallelujah. So every once in a while, I get letters from them during the feast that have helped me with my understanding of these feasts along with other sources. So I don't just go to one place to get my information. I don't just go into the 66 books to get my information. You know, I go into to the apocryphal books. Hallelujah. You know, I go different places because I'm trying to put it all together. I'm trying to get an understanding because I don't have a Moses in my life that will come to me and tell me what the Lord said about these. Remember I told you when I was trying to find out about the new year, I went to other prophets and they're in the same place I was in. We trying to figure it out. What day is the, what is, what is the true uh, uh, new year? And we know now there's a new year in the spring and not in the fall. Because we've been listening to people that have been trying to keep us in confusion in the first place. So you can't do that. So the as I have been able to grasp by some of the literature that I received from them, the eighth day assembly from the Messianic Bible, uh, I understand that the eighth day of assembly is called Hoshana Rabbah which means great salvation. The eighth day festival of Sukkot 
is a holiday of rejoicing. It closes with three final festive days, and they are Hosanna, Rabbah, Great Salvation, Shemini Atzeret, Eighth Day of Assembly, and Shemi Simchat Torah, Joy of the Torah. So on that eighth day, you know, the, the Torah is nothing, first of all, is nothing to fear. Because I went over this with you uh, in my Bible study group. I've talked to you, Truth and Life, Word of Yah Speak. Uh, I've gone over uh, some of these books so you can stop fearing them and go and pick one up and read it. You know, so you're so afraid of learning something that you you feel like you're not supposed to know. But the in, in the end times, the Lord said he was going to reveal and unveil books, knowledge. He's going to give you information because you've been asleep and it's time for you to wake up and get this information and the knowledge so that you can move forward and not he be hesitant when he cracks the sky and say, hey, let's go. Get your oil, let's go. <laughs> so, Hosanna Rabbah, the seventh day of Sukkot, the seventh day of Sukkot begins on the last night of that seventh day. And as so this is the first night, so it's not, it's, the sun hasn't gone down here yet. So we're still in day one. So if this were the seventh day, this would be, uh, we would be going into the eighth day tonight. So, uh, but it's the third day. The seventh day is a day of worship because according to tradition, the eighth day is the day on which the judgment, listen very carefully, that was sealed on Yom Kippur. See, this is what I, why I keep talking about, Yom Kippur. And Moses coming down off that mountain and people having to choose sides and then the harvest and then what? The eighth day is the day on which the judgment that was sealed on Yom Kippur is delivered. Judgment. For that reason, this day is characterized by prayer, repentance, and praise. We always praying. We always praying. People don't want to pray. People think they got time to pray. They think, oh, you know, I don't know how to pray. I got a book on that. Teach me to pray. I got a book on it. I got a book on everything. So if you think you don't know how to pray, let me help you with that. Hallelujah. And if you want to understand why your prayers aren't getting answered, oh, is that one down here too? Yeah. Get this one. Hindrances to prayer. Got to pray the word. You got to do what the word says if you want to. If you want to be blessed. If you want the benefits of your prayers, see manifestation, get the hindrances out of your life. Hallelujah. So, because today is the day that judgment is delivered, it's customary to greet one another by saying, Pitka Tova. So, I say this to you tonight Pitka Tova. Pitka Tova. And that means the good note, referring to being sealed in the book of life. Judgment is set. Judgment is set. Get yourself sealed in the book of life. And how do you do that? In temple times on Hosanna, Rabbah, the Jewish people cried out, Anna Adonai Hoshiana, which means save us, Lord. 
That means get saved. Do you want to be sealed in the book of life? Get saved and live the lifestyle of the repent of repentance. Hallelujah. And obedience. That prayer is never uttered in vain. Save us, Lord. That's a prayer. Save us, Lord. Anna Adonai Hoshiana. And Pitkatova sealed in the blood of life. In the book of life. Sealed in the book of life. Pitkatova. Pitkatova. Oh, say that. I'm sealed. I'm Pitkatova. Pitkatova. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Hallelujah. God promises that all who call upon his name will be saved. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, according to Joel chapter 2 and 32. And it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall cut off. So what happened in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem? Deliverance. It's already happened. But you got to call on the name of the Lord. And what is that? And then you will be saved. Say, Lord, save me. Anna, Adonai, Hosiana. Then you're sealed in the book of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, you see that in the Old Testament, and then you see it in the New Testament. It's confirmation. It's already done. All you have to do is call on his name, and you shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then what, what did the Most High do? He sent them out and told them to preach and bring them in to the, to the uh, feast of the bridegroom, the wedding feast. And what did they do? They beat them and killed them. Don't take it out on the messenger. Because the one who sent the message is watching. Hallelujah. And how shall they preach except they be sent? And is it, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. For seven days present food offerings to the Lord. And on the eighth day hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. Hey, he makes the rules. It is a closing special assembly where in Leviticus 23, 36, we read, it says, do no regular work. Do no servile work. Seven days shall you offer an offering made by fire. What is that? Burnt offering. What is that? Worship. What is that? Repentance. Confession, com repentance, put it all on the table. Tell him everything, everything. Get it all, get it all burnt up. An offering made by fire and worship him. You shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly and you shall do no servile work therein. What is servile work? You don't go to work. You don't do the, you don't work for others. You rest. You don't have to do anything. 
You don't have to wash the dishes. You don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything. And see, in those days, they prepared their meal for that seven days. Hallelujah. They prepared. They were prepared for it. They ate fruit and nuts and whatever else. Hallelujah. On the days that they didn't cook, nobody serving anybody. No servile work. So as the sun sets on the eighth day, Hoshana Rabbah ends and Shemini Atzeret eighth day begins. Eighth day of assembly begins. And in Israel, the joyous holiday of Shemchat Torah also begins at sunset. Rabbinic tradition teaches that on Shibani at Tiret, the world is judged concerning water, food, and produce. On this day, the amount of rainfall for the coming year is decided. Now, this is just a little extra, but it's because it's where we are right now in, in a drought. And, and we see the lakes drying up and everything. So for that reason, on the eighth day, this is set aside by the Most High for a closing assembly. The, the uh, Jewish people recite special prayers for rain. So it's kind of where we are right now. So we see back there, they were rehearsing something that we're going through right now. See, I'm telling you. Prophecy is fulfilled in the feast days. So I left that in to emphasize how our Shamar warriors are praying for rain regarding the drought here in the western states of the U.S. and all over the world. But we are suffering behind the drying up of the lakes and the rivers and the streams. So uh, I just want to add just a little bit more and then we're finished. In ancient times, a special water drawing ceremony was performed every night during Sukkot called Shemshet Biet Hashoba, which means rejoicing at the house of the water drawing. So they have their little ceremonies and everything. Uh, this is thought to have originated during the second temple period when the Kohen Haggadol, the high priest, would draw water from the pool of Siloam. Hallelujah. Then he poured it upon the water, the altar, as a water libration, as an offering. He poured that water that they were in need of on the altar. So you give him what you give him your best. And he'll give you his best. People would follow the, the priest to the pool of Shalom in a joyous procession of singing, dancing, and worshiping, and rejoicing, reciting Hallel praises from Psalms 113 through 118 and 120 through 134 and chanting Isaiah 12 and 3. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. So this is also in me. Lord, save us. Hallelujah. This was a shadow of the latter rain spoken by Joel in chapter 2. For when he comes, he the word tells us in verses 28 through 29, chapter 2, that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And according to Psalms 22 and 14, the spirit of the Lord would cover the whole earth as the waters covers the sea. Hallelujah. Yeshua Jesus, who understood and answered our heart's cry for salvation, addressed these themes of salvation and water on the last day of Sukkot, when he proclaimed that all who believe in him will 
will be refreshed with rivers of living water. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Yeshua stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Hallelujah. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. The water he was speaking of was a Ruach HaKadosh. John 7 and 39. But he spake as, the, but this he spake, he of the spirit, which they, they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Yeshua was not yet glorified. He hadn't died and was risen and, and gone. See, they weren't there at the same time. And we'll talk about that one day too. When are, the, when are the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost on the earth at the same time? Hallelujah. Yeshua was poured out like water. As described in the Messianic Psalm, chapter 22, verse 14. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bowels. And 18 says, they part my garments among them and catch lots upon my vesture. So we know who's, who they're talking about. It was only after he poured out his soul to death that the Most High poured out the rain of the Ruach HaKadosh upon the earth, according to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This final day of Sukkot, that Feast of Tabernacles, is the perfect time to consider Yeshua's invitation to take that gate that leads down that narrow way through him to get to our Father. For that eighth day is surely symbolic of that day of judgment. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7, 13 through 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go therein. Did you hear me? Many there be that go therein to destruction. And 14 says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there'll be that find it. Remember, only a few came to the wedding feast. Please listen. Listen to this whole thing. There's a purpose for the feast. Just like he implied regarding the invitation to the marriage supper, few there will be that enter in through the straight gate, that narrow way. We're looking for a great, great number, but many are going to be disappointed. It's not going to be no great, great number. Because the church model, once saved, always saved, won't get them in. Justifying and compromising won't get them in. Not having the oil for their lamps won't get them in. I remind you, your friendship with Yahuwah won't get you in. Covenant gets you in. That seal of covenant gets you in. Revelation 14 and 12 said, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of the Most High and the faith of Yahushua HaMashiach. 
we must keep the laws, the feast, the Sabbath, and his commandments, and we must accept Yahushua as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And our lifestyles must reflect that through repentance and the pleading of the blood, as it's done as we remember the origin of these feast days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I alluded to you last week as I was te teaching on Yom Kippur, that Feast of Atonement that the centurion soldier proclaimed at the foot of that cross on Calvary that this was the son of the Most High. That's the seal of covenant. And it is that seal is drawn to its most power after we make our final choice in that end time hour as our ancestors chose sides at the base of Mount Sinai. Go back and listen to that podcast. Hallelujah. I talk about it there. And during the Feast of Tabernacles that follows the fall, fall harvest, all symbolic is, is to come as first as the holy angels of heaven also separates the wheat from the tares. We await with repentant hearts, always checking our reflection while looking into that mirror of the word, Elul, anticipating the return of our bridegroom as we await the true marriage supper where we shall truly rejoice and celebrate. No longer a dress rehearsal as these feast days have been, as we've been learning, relearning how to observe and celebrate them for that final day to come, that real day, for that wedding day. For I believe the Sukkot is a memorial of that marriage supper arranged by the Most High to celebrate the bridegroom. Hallelujah. For as the close of that eighth day, when we see our Savior crack that sky, armed and ready, those who have chosen him, ready to fight, hallelujah, on his, alongside of him, will have the seal of covenant on their foreheads and will be left standing victoriously according to Revelation chapter 14. Hallelujah, which reads, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of the Most High and the faith of Yahushua. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, say the saint, say the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And I be and I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat upon uh, unto the man of uh, the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time is come to to thee to reap for the harvest of the earth is right what is it the harvest of the earth is right. And what time is the harvest? The, the Feast of Tabernacle. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came, hallelujah, out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire. Woo! 
Ooh, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in that sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. What was the wrath from? The people that wouldn't come to the uh, 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 Bride, the marriage supper, who killed, who beat and killed his people. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles by the side of a thousand and six hundred furloughs. Hallelujah. That's the harvest before the judgment. The judgment is the eighth day. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. This is Revelation chapter 7, 1 through 9. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. What did I say? The, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Do you hear me? It's about to go down, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Hallelujah. Don't worry about that mark of the beast. Make sure you get the seal of the, uh, of the most high in your forehead. Hallelujah. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 140 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel, of the tribe of Judah, of the tribe of Reuben, of the tribe of Gad, of the tribe of Asher, of the tribe of Nephtali, of uh, a tribe of Manasseh, of the tribe of Simeon, of the tribe of Levi, even the tribe of Issachar, the tribe of Zebulon, the tribe of Joseph, and the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000 each tribe, 144,000. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Hallelujah. Let us observe the true origin of the Feast of Tabernacles, Booth, and Sukkot as we await the return of our Savior and Lord, Yahushua Hamashiach. Hallelujah. Let the Most High, hallelujah, bless the hearers of this word today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Let us seal this word in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father God, as we come to you tonight, as we worship you in your presence, hallelujah, withholding nothing. As a burnt offering, hallelujah, before you, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, thank you for your word tonight, Lord God. Let this word, dear Heavenly Father, be powerful. That it manifest, hallelujah, Lord God. Duplicate 
ears, hallelujah, to their mouths, hallelujah, to, from, from, to their ears, to their heart, and then to their mouth. Let their hearts be filled, hallelujah, with your word of truth, Lord God. Discarding the lies, Lord God, that they have been told over the years that they were supposed to let go of these feasts, Lord God. Every feast that you have told us, commanded us, Lord God, to remember, Lord God, is a memorial, Lord God, to the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. That leads us to the coming of the Lord. Oh, let us take the remainder of these seven days, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, to look up in great anticipation, Lord God, for return. Hallelujah. But let go, Lord God, let our hearts be right before he comes, Lord God. Let us get that seal that we need, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
glory. Hallelujah. 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 Great in peace. We live in a nation that seems to want to turn its back on God. There's a people who are crying out and saying, Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.